thing about the iPhone is it could be a big time distractor. I'm not going to hide that. But what I found is it's basically like a little notebook that I always keep on me to record stuff. I mean, it has a really powerful camera on it, so I can always take pictures of things. Um, I can attach those to various um, things that we'll talk about. It has a GPS on it, um, so I can always track my location and put that uh, into my, um, my notes and my calendar and stuff. And then there's so many other little things and little tools I can use on the phone. Yeah. Like the sleep tracking app that you mentioned. Yeah, exactly. Um, and also I have, I have an Apple watch, so I can, that also does a lot of stuff as well, as far as the calendar and to do list and note taking and things like that as well. So I think before we even get started, I wanted to mention like how powerful these devices are. And I think people spend a lot of time on social media or they might spend a lot of time, playing Candy Crush, but I think there's a lot you can do to take advantage of these devices that people don't even think about or aren't even aware of. So uh, what I'm going to do is what I did is I broke down the apps more by class, I guess, or by type. And I'm going to start with third one, which is uh, time tracking and scheduling, which we talked a lot about in the last episode about using your calendar and about doing weekly check-ins and partitioning tasks. And that to me is my way of doing that is by using the calendar. So um, I just use the default Apple calendar. There's a ton of Fantastical and of the other calendar apps, Google calendar, they have their own app. Um, and so for instance, if I'm at the doctor's, and I'm leaving the doctors and they're like, well, we need to see you in six months. OK, great. Like I just go right into my calendar and whatever they tell me, I can say put in doctor's appointment at whatever time they tell me I do it right there. And then with the GPS already on the iPhone, I can pretty much say the location is where I am right now. Um, and I have that all mapped out. And then when the day comes and I'm scheduling something for a future appointment, or maybe with a meeting, I'll know, well, I'll be on this side of town. Hey, do you want to meet nearby uh, in a half an hour after the doctor's appointment or an hour? Because doctor's appointments always go longer than they do. You know, I could just look at my calendar, look at the map and be like, hey, let's meet here. Um, and that works out really well. Does the calendar app actually um, draw attention to that location? Or is that just something that you notice through the process of it? Like trying to schedule an appointment? Uh, when you pull up a calendar appointment, there should be a little map. At least on the Mac, there is when I look at the calendar on there. And the address is, the address is always attached. So at least I'll have that to look at as well. So is this entirely on your phone or does it sync up? Like, can you view your calendar from your Mac and other places? Yeah. So I am, I use Google count. So I'm a Gmail person. So all my stuff is in Gmail, but I use the default Apple apps, um, both for the calendar and for Mm, the uh, email as well. Um, And what that's, that just gives me a little bit more flexibility and um, there's a lot of native integration with Apple stuff. That's that works really well. So in a sense, like the back end is Google, but the front end is Apple is probably the way I would put it as okay. a software developer. <laughs> so, um, and another thing, another thing is we talked about dragging calendar appointments and stuff. So um, 
that's another, especially when it's a solo calendar event of a task or something like that, I can always just move my workout. If I have to schedule a meeting at that time, I always move, just move my workout to the afternoon or the next day or the morning of the two days after. And it's pretty simple. Just use my finger to drag it and it works really well. So, yeah, I'm a big user of the calendar. What what kind of calendar apps do you use? I use uh, Google Calendar, um, but I also use the Google app, even though I have an iPhone. And I guess I don't really have a strong reason for that, except for it seemed like the natural, easy way to set up my Google Calendar. Another reason is like I very closely tie my Google Calendar with my email inbox. So I set up lots of just very small reminders and tasks. Um, And it sounds like you do the same sort of thing where you try and account for a lot more of your time in your calendar than just thinking in general, like what sorts of things you have to do at any given moment. Yeah, exactly. Track your time at all? Um, Only if I'm working on a project that is billable by the hour. Yeah, that's same here. And I want to do more time tracking of other things, especially work that's not billable. Uh, what I use is an app called Toggle. And a lot of people are big fans of Toggle. I say their app, honestly, is kind of sucks, <laughs> quite frankly. But what I do <laughs> like is they have a pretty open API. So if you're a big proponent of using something like workflow on the iPhone or for instance, Sapier IFTTT, which we could do whole episodes about that stuff. Um, They have a lot of integrations with toggle. Um, I haven't gone that far into it, but it's something I'm interested in looking at and kind of just doing more time tracking of my business as well as my personal life when it comes to stuff that's not billable. Okay. Do you track down to the minute, the 15 minute, 30 minute, anything? unique about the way that you track time 15 minute um and i try to round as much of my time as possible to the 15 minute mark okay what kind of apps do you use for tracking time um so right now i actually don't use any apps i if i'm working on something with billable hours i uh use a notepad i almost all i mean um you see me out at events and just hanging out i almost always have a notepad with me um or a notebook, I should say. Um, however, in the past, when I was a salary employee, I used an app for time tracking called uh, Time Doctor. And it was um, it was not required. I think a lot of employers that do time tracking will try and offer some kind of a tool or a system where time is tracked or entered. Um, this was something that I was using on the side because uh, the reason tracking my time was important was because um, I felt like my time was getting pulled every single which way through meetings and um, just like small distractions, like helping other developers on other teams. And when it came down to sitting with my manager, I wanted to have information that I could present to them and say, here's exactly where all of my time is going towards. And it's a problem. Like I can't be productive when five hours out of every single eight hour workday is spent going to meetings and like doing things with other people, not saying like meetings are uniformly bad, but if I'm expected to get a lot of coding done and I only actually get two hours to actually do it, um, there is 
there's some kind of course correction that needs to be made there. So that was one area where time tracking was really, really helpful to me in the past. Yeah, I think when you work at an employer, just the fact that meetings get so abused is pretty common uh, complaint that people have. Yeah, and it sounds like um, that might be, um, or maybe I'm reaching, but it sounds like you want to do a little bit more time tracking outside of work as well. So that might be um, an area where you can identify how you're effectively or not effectively spending that time. Yeah, I think that's all. That's exactly it is. I want to know um, how effective my time is and how effective it's going. I really like that. So yeah, as far as productivity is concerned, even if the, like the thing you're thinking about as productive is wanting to fit in more quality time with your family, measuring that, being able to reflect on it and say like, was I actually going on that walk to get ice cream? Oh, throwback. Um, <laughs> it, or were you actually like on your phone looking through emails or something like that? Yeah, I can totally see. It's not only that, but like as somebody who runs a business, I want to know what I was working on effect. Like what's my effective billing rate, right? So I can take my time that I do work and how much money I make and just do simple division and see, Oh, well, apparently like this, this is how much I'm making per hour, honestly, as opposed to like, you know, billable hours. And then also see, okay, well, by doing more of this, I made more, more money this way, which effectively is more use of my time. Ooh, that's a solid point. Yeah. I really like that. So uh, going back to calendars and, and scheduling, I figured I'll do number two on my list, and that's reminders and to-do lists. So I use uh, two, two apps for this. First, there's a built-in reminders app that comes with, uh, with Apple stuff, um, and that's decent. It's not perfect, but it's decent. Um, I use that for on-the-go reminders so that I can just add using Siri right away. So if I'm driving or walking, I just talk to my phone and do it that way. Um, also they're really good about actually bugging you. Um, so I find it fits something that is going to be that day or something I want to be reminded of at a specific location. I might just use the built-in reminder app to do that. Um, because it's just, it's simpler and it's built in and all that. A couple questions. Uh, the first one is, uh, you mentioned that you punch these into your phone. Do you ever use your, um, I think you said, you have a, a watch, an Apple watch. Mm -hmm. Do you ever use that for reminders? Yes. Uh, the most effective way to honestly do stuff on a watch is by voice. So I actually do use the reminders on the watch to add a reminder. So I might just tap the watch um, or hold, hold press essentially and be like, remind me to do X in tomorrow or remind me to do X when I get home. Um, and it's, Actually, as bad as Siri is, and it is kind of a piece of garbage, <laughs> um, it actually is pretty decent uh, at the very basic stuff like that. Going back on that, there's also times where I might use a timer. Um, so it kind of depends. Is, uh, if it's something much more immediate, I might just end up using a timer. Um, the thing about timers, of course, is you can only do one timer on the primary Apple timer app. Mm -hmm. So that, that's kind of a pain in the neck. That's where maybe a reminder might be a better fit. Okay. And then uh, my second question is um, 
you it sounded like you have these reminders pop up very close to when you need to act on them. So you want to be interrupted um, so that you like you break that context and know that you have something coming up soon. Yeah. Or if it's something that I need done by the end of the day, like I want it to remind me, say, you know, and if if I'm busy, I'm consciously aware enough that like, well, I can't do it right now. So I'll just uh, you can essentially snooze the reminder and I'll do that. And I have no I have no guilt for snoozing a reminder if I know it's not super important, but it's something that needs to be done by the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do that a lot, too. I get all of my reminders in batch at the start of the day almost like a schedule and then mm -hmm. I don't have pop-ups or anything. And it kind of ties into um, what I talked about last week. Like my mode of operation is trying to minimize distractions. Um, so having, having like a, uh, a schedule for my day is a little bit better for how I work in the morning or I guess throughout the day. Um, where I want to work on something until it's done and then I can grab the next task. Um, the exception is meetings. I don't have like pop-up reminders, but I do mark the time on those so that I can plan and I'm uh, being punctual. So it's kind of interesting. Like we have two very different styles of using reminders. I don't like doing reminders in the morning specifically because I find that that's the type time of day that I want to like get going on a big project. Exactly like what you're saying. So I would prefer to have reminders say it like after lunch when my brain's a little bit slower and I'm a little bit more tired. Um, and especially if the reminder is a quickie thing that could just get done. Um, so I try to avoid doing reminders or notifications right away in the morning. Uh, I'd almost want that to be like the do not disturb time because I want to get working on some big project or some big task that might take a few more hours. Does that make sense? It does. And I really like that. We're actually talking about this approach in two different ways, like how to, how to manage your time uh, differently, because maybe some people will have tried one and haven't thought about the other. And so, um, or they are looking for ways to track time and now they have two options that they can try and pick whichever one is better for them. So I really like that we actually have some different approaches. Yeah, that's really cool. So the primary app that I use for to-do lists is a app called Todoist. That's T-O-D-O-I-S-T. Um, and that's completely cross-platform. So if you're an Android person or you don't want to use your phone, they have a website. Um, and I actually pay for that service. They have a free one as well that lets you do quite a bit. Um, but they have a paid one that I use because I, I've used it so much uh, and it's so powerful. And I really like that. Not only is it super open, uh, they have like a, a lot of integrations with other services, but um, I can easily share with others who aren't necessarily on the Apple space. So whereas reminders, I can share it with my wife who also has an iPhone, but I wouldn't be able to share it with somebody who doesn't do any Apple stuff uh, to do is I don't have that problem. Um, and to do is it has a lot more complexity to it. So I can organize items and lists into hierarchies. So, uh, I might have stuff under my business and then I might have specific projects under my business then to organize stuff into. 
Um, and then last but not least, going back to our discussion in the last episode about items uh, to do to do items and scheduling time for them. And my favorite feature is that I can actually create an event for a to do item. So if I set up, um, I have it set up to a separate calendar I have in Google Calendar and I could just give it a due date and it will create a time. It'll create a day event for it. And if I really want to, and I do this quite a bit, especially during my weekly check-ins, as we also talked about, I will put a calendar. I will drag that all day event into an actual time slot. Um, and it actually gives that a due time as well as a due date. Um, and then that way I will know I will be working on whatever to do item that 15 minutes on Thursday at 2 PM. And I, I know I now have a time allocated for my to do item. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, that sounds really cool too. I might need you to uh, demo that for me sometime. Yeah, it's uh it's a very cool um, feature that I, I just, i now use on my weekly check-ins is my to do item now has a calendar of a, um, there is, I will be honest, there might be a little bit of a bug with time zones because I notice sometimes hours shift. Um, I'm been talking to them about that, but it's better than nothing. Quite frankly, I'd rather have that bug than not having the ability to hook my to do items to my calendar. Hmm. Yeah. And that's something that can always so get cool. worked out. Any, yeah. So anything else you wanted to talk about when it comes to reminders and to-do lists? Um, no, I, I mentioned in the last episode, I create a weekly checklist. Um, that's very, very old school. And that might be a theme <laughs> for me. Anyways, I do a lot of stuff on paper still, which I don't know why. Um, I'll have to reflect on that. A lot of people are big proponents of doing things on paper and I'm not, I understand there's a lot of studies about doing things on paper and the psychology of it. I'm not necessarily against it, but since I was in high school and I first realized I can type a document and I don't need to copy it 50 times. And this amazing machine will take what I type and save it and I can copy it and edit it and, like the fact that things can be digitized makes it so much easier to deal with and manage. Um, whereas if I write something, it's pretty likely I'm just going to forget about it or like not use it or throw it away. Um, so that's just kind of my position on doing things digitally as opposed to writing things down. I'm not saying that if you write things down, that it's wrong. I see a lot of benefit to it. But that's just where I am and where I stand. I'm just I'm not going to bring another notebook to me when I have a seven hundred dollar iPhone that will allow me to write it down and copy it and move it and paste it and send it into all different sorts of formats and different places if I need to. Hmm. Maybe it would be worth me uh, taking a step back and thinking about why I'm doing so much on paper. I certainly have tried like uh, taking notes and my notebook and then trying to put those in Evernote, I just found that I never actually went back to it. Like writing, I guess helps me pay a little bit more attention to the important things. So if it's something I want to remember, I write it down and then the process of writing it down helps me think about it hard enough so that I usually end up remembering it. So maybe it's just, um, maybe it's just, uh, implicitly, 
knowing some tricks that help me operate a little bit more um, autonomously without having to consult a bunch of tech. I'm not opposed to the technology and some of the stuff that you're talking about here sounds amazing. And I'd love to if at least get a demo, if not actually try it out sometime, because I do love trying out new technologies. Um, it's just, uh, it usually takes quite a bit to break me from some of my habits, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. And I'm always open to learning new ways of doing things. If there's something that can help with that. So, um, I guess now I'll go into my number one class of apps or types of apps. And I think the one that's most helpful kind of talking about note taking, um, and that would be note taking apps and what I use. So I have about three apps that I use. Um, the, let me, my tied for second choice, so to speak, would be uh, Google Docs and the Notes app, uh, the Apple Notes app. Um, so I use the Apple Notes app because it's easy to share um, notes with other people on the Apple app platform. Uh, there is the other app that I would say is my other second choice is Google Docs, which is also really easy to share. Um, my hangup with Google Docs is that it's really Microsoft Word on the web. And it's not really perfect for note taking. It's just not really what it's meant for. It's meant for building documents. Um, and that's fine. It's better than nothing. Um, and like the sharing, the formatting is really good on it. And I, I don't have a lot to complain about, but just it's not optimal for note taking. Whereas uh, Apple Notes is a lot more, uh, has a lot more of an open format. And it's a lot more about notes and not necessarily about making pages and documents. Um, so that, that's kind of the give and take of both of those. Yeah. I, um, I kind of fall back to using Google docs as well. And my thought there is that it's familiar to anyone. So it's easy to share. And oftentimes when I'm taking notes, some, someone will ask like, can I check that out? And um, so it's a really familiar environment, but I totally agree with everything that you said. Like it, if I were able to pick something else um, that people might have to learn or go out of their comfort zone to try and use or switch platforms or something like that, I'd, I would. So I want to ask you a question because you had mentioned this before. Um, you had mentioned Evernote. So where are you at with Evernote? Do you still make that as part of your like? your workflow or are you pretty much done with Evernote or where do you stand on it? Cause like, as far as I, like I've used Evernote before and it's fine, but the fact that <laughs> if anybody watches the news, Evernote has, hasn't been in the best financial situation. It seems like for the last 10 years, it's almost like a zombie, uh, financially. So it's like kind of shied me away from it using Evernote. Yeah. But I'd be curious, like what your take on Evernote is. I have tried it two separate times, um, trying very earnestly to use it the way that I, I think it's intended to be used. Um, but what ends up happening in both of those cases was that a lot of my notes are relevant, mostly just to help me remember in a very like near future, um, and not long term. So I just 
don't find myself going back and looking at notes from even as long as like two or three weeks ago. And so I was just going through this additional process of writing stuff down and then taking pictures and like sometimes even trying to categorize this stuff and then realizing I was never actually going back and using any of that, uh, like not using the Evernote software. So I was basically just digitizing and cleaning up the notes with no real value or use after that point. Um, I do have, I do have friends who use it that people consult stuff or like they have different workflows or ways that they use Evernotes that have just not occurred to me. Um, so yeah, I don't like to say that I'm completely done with it, but I haven't, I haven't thought of a use case where it was just like, aha, this is why Evernote would be perfect for me. Okay. Yeah, I got you. Maybe, maybe I can hit up some of those friends and (laughs) find out why they use it and get some ideas. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So my number one app that I use is Bear. Um, Now, Bear is an app that is only available on Apple devices. So they have a Mac app, they have an iPhone app, they have an iPad app. And also let me... um, just get into, I do use my iPad quite a bit more. I bought a iPad about a few months ago and I use that quite a bit for, um, note taking calendar stuff because sometimes I just need a bigger screen. What I do is I'll have a, I have an Apple keyboard and I hook that up through Bluetooth. Um, I have a stand and then I can just type on the, iPad and I, the reason I use the iPad over say a MacBook is as a software developer and Eric probably understand this but like I want a device that's for net for the office type stuff calendar note taking um, planning uh, as opposed to a device that I, I could be very tempted to start programming on when I don't really need to and I need to focus on other things so that's kind of what I use my <laughs> iPad yeah. for it's kind of like that office type stuff and um so the bear is just a, a fantastic note taking app. I really like it. It's very simply designed. Um, for those who are in the software development space, you probably are familiar with Markdown, which is a super simplified way of formatting text that almost anybody can pick up as opposed to like something like HTML, which is just super cumbersome and over uh, just way overcomplicated for what it what it tries to do whereas with markdown it's pretty simple you can set up headers you can set up uh ordered lists unordered list all through through markdown and so i could just use markdown to do that they also have a toolbar of course if you want to bold stuff and italicize stuff doing that method they have that they have a lot of great keyboard shortcuts when i'm using the ipad and the iphone app is totally great as well um as far as putting down taking a quick note you can hashtag stuff to organize things uh you can export your notes to to, uh microsoft word html uh rich text format plain text whatever you want um i don't think they have the sharing ability which is the one drawback that i have the one thing i i don't particularly like about bear, but then at the same time, you ha- I mean, you'd have to be a bear user anyways, in order to really take advantage of that. 
But um, yeah, it's it's a fantastic app. So if I'm doing notes, uh, a lot of times I might even just if it's notes that I'm going to share, I might start them off in Bear and then I might export them to Google Docs or to Apple Notes. Um, or if it's just notes for me, I'll do a lot of that in Bear. Bear is kind of like my start. My start. Uh, yeah, Bear is my plate. The place where I start when I try to take notes, um, and then I might move somewhere else at a later point. Um, but it's a fantastic, well-designed app. I, I pay for it because I use it quite a bit on my Mac, my iPad, my iPhone, uh, and even uh, they have uh, Apple Watch app as well. Whoa, how does that work? Voice. Like, you can just go to the app and use and your you voice to, to take notes. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty much the primary way of doing any text on the Apple Watch is speech-to-text. Okay. Um, have you looked into any... Um workflows um like automatically exporting to make it easier to share things well bear lets you export to go to microsoft word which then i can export to google docs pretty easily um and then there's also um there's the ability to you know move it to like if i'm gonna i might start a blog post in bear and then move that over to wordpress i have that ability as well so there's a lot of workflows with Bear that I could take advantage of if I wanted to. I was just thinking if there's maybe some way to use uh, Zapier or uh, if this and that to streamline that process. Yeah, I don't think Bear has like an open API for that kind of stuff. Um, I wish they did, but I don't think they're at that point yet. Hmm. Or maybe um, as a Mac user, maybe using um, Alfred or the automation tool something yeah i think that's that's another way of doing it as well yep uh not to add to note taking um i mentioned i tend to write in a notebook pen and paper um i did have a question i wanted to take a step back um how often do you take notes and what what kind of note taking do you do meetings i'll take notes if it's a project that i'm working on i might take notes a blog post i'll take notes that's kind of a primary method. Um, the primary reason why I'll take notes are those reasons. Uh, I don't try to take too many notes that I need because then I find myself in the situation you were talking about where it was, uh, where you had just a bunch of notes in Evernote that you never looked up. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, those are primary ways that I take notes, which is meetings, products, uh, writing, uh, recording a podcast episode. Those would be places where I take notes. <laughs> okay. What about uh, like in personal context, like grocery lists or anything like that? Do you still use these apps or like tech to accomplish those things? Uh, my wife and I use Todoist for groceries. So we'll have a separate project set up for a particular store. Uh, and within that store, we'll have all the grocery items listed in there. Um, and that's shared so that if we're split up and we're doing the grocery stop shopping at the store, you know, she can see what I'm getting and I'll see what she's getting. And that way we're in sync. Okay. And that actually um, reminds me, similar question for calendar. Do you share your calendar then with other people? Yeah. So I have a family calendar that I share with my wife. Um, and I have my own personal calendar. Then I'll have a couple of business. Cal- Actually, I have a couple of personal calendars and a couple of business calendars. Pretty much right now, I'm just sharing the one with the family. That's really the only one I have shared. 
Okay. And um, sorry for taking such a big step back, but this, um, what about for when you want to try and uh, schedule a, a meeting with like three or four people? Like, is there a, a separate tool that you use for finding the ideal time for everyone to meet? Or do you just talk it out and have everyone open up their own calendars at that time? Or like, what kind of a process does that look like for you? I use Doodle for calendars with more than two people. And what I'll do is I'll set up a poll using Doodle, doodle.com. And I'll pick a series of dates and times that'll work for us. And then I send the poll out in an email and they can go ahead and fill that out. Um, and find what the best times and dates are for them. And then when we have an agreement, I then create a calendar event and go ahead and send those to the people um, once we have an agreement. How about you? What do you do in those situations? Yeah, I can't think of anything that I use as an alternative to Doodle. Um, and then I do, uh, I do share my calendar, but my my wife doesn't use her calendar in the same way. So usually I end up having to take important calendar items that affect uh, the family and put those on a, uh, a whiteboard um, someplace that she walks by every single morning. So she can see and just at a quick glance, be reminded of the one or two things. Okay. Yeah. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. Cool. What other things did you want to mention? Um, well, so uh, something you going through this list, uh, you had some pretty general categories, um, time tracking and scheduling, uh, reminders, to-do lists, and note-taking. Um, so were those pretty intentional, or do you think those are like really solid, good categories for people to focus on if they want to find ways to... Um, improve or like adjust their productivity. Yeah. I think those are the focal categories that I think people could attach to one other category I had on the list that I didn't even mention was communication, which of course is like the most important reason why people have phones in the first place. Um, and I use a lot of iMessage. I lose a lot of, I use a lot of mail. Um, I'm a big proponent of Slack. I'm on quite a few Slacks right now. And then occasionally when it's somebody who just is a big Facebook user, I'll end up using Facebook Messenger. And those are the four primary communication tools that I use. Um, and then one thing I wanted to mention is what I don't use my phone for, and especially in the last year, and that's reading books and playing games. Um, I found that over the last year, purchasing a Kindle and a Nintendo Switch <laughs> have been big ways for me to like optimize my iPhone for what it's best used for. Because there just isn't a lot of games that I'm going to be using my iPhone for. And even if there are good games on the iPhone, which which there are, like even if I'm going to install it, I'm going to delete it in a matter of a week because then it's, it, it's going to end up being too much of a distraction for me um, because I use the iPhone for so many things. Yeah, and you always have it with you. So it's very, very easy to get sucked into a new habit of like, Oh, I have 30 seconds while I'm uh, waiting for like my gas tank to fill up or something like that. And then you end up opening up your phone and playing a game or looking at social media or uh, taking care of emails. And then suddenly, you know, your gas tank was filled up two minutes ago and <laughs> you're totally sucked in and 
wasting your time, I guess, at that point. Or not using your time most effectively, I should say. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I already have that problem checking my email when I'm fixing when I'm finishing my gas tank. So it's like having a game would even be worse. So, um, yeah, I think that pretty much covers how I use the iPhone. Uh, there is like social media apps on my phone. Uh, I've actually just recently deleted Facebook, which isn't to say I don't use Facebook, but I only use it in the browser as opposed to using in the app because it's creates some friction that'll prevent me from using Facebook too much. Um, but yeah, I think, I'm a big Reddit user. Uh, we post on Reddit quite a bit. So there's always that. Those are the tasks that really help me be productive. The time tracking, the scheduling, the reminders and to-do lists, uh, note-taking. Those are the apps that really help me help me stay on top of what I need to do and help me get more productive. Yeah, and it sounds like, um, based on the answers, uh, be, be perp- uh, like have a purpose for all of these uh processes or apps or like whatever kind of tools you're using for your own productivity, make sure that you have a reason and you are very intentional about it when you use it. Thank you for listening to the OK Productive Podcast with Leo Dion and Eric Gillespie. Music provided by Elisha Fitchcook. You can follow us on Twitter at OK Productive as well as our Facebook page. Be sure to subscribe to OK Productive wherever you listen to podcasts and we'll catch you soon.